righteous right hand. Romans 8, 28 tells us, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Another promise of God is that He will always provide our needs. Matthew 6, 31-32 says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you need in all these things. You know, worrying is a bad thing. It's like a poison inside of you. You'll worry yourself to death and change absolutely nothing. God will give us strength is another promise. Isaiah 40 verse 29 says, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, He increases strength. And I know this is true because there's been a lot of times in my life where I've had zero strength, zero desire, different, zero anything to get out of bed to go to work every day. But God will get you up and push you and pull you through it sometimes. Some, you know, I always hear God won't drag you. Yes, he will. God will drag you to certain times because he knows if you don't have the strength, he's going to give you the strength and get you through it. God will not leave us nor forsake us. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Another step that we can take in trusting God is trust God by knowing his reliability. So we've talked about getting to know him. We talked about knowing, learning some of his promises and then to trust the reliability of those promises. Now we know some of his promises. How would we know he would keep them? After all, we are all too familiar with the saying, promises are made to be broken. You know, I hear that at work a lot of times. Your boss ever tell you something, then it don't ever come to pan out. Well, you know, promises made to be broken. This may be true in the world, but not for God. He's telling us that promises are made to be fulfilled. That sounds a whole lot better, don't it? People may not be reliable, but you can be for sure that God is. When he says he will do something, he's going to do it. Numbers 23:19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he not spoken, and will he not make it good? And I'm going to close with this verse here. I'm read it from uh, the Bible app because it's, it's worded a little better. Or I like the way it's worded. Hebrews 6, 16. I'm going to start at 16. All right, it says, Now when people take on oaths, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. Have you received the promise this morning? The promise of eternal life. There's all kind of promises that God promises his people. If God has promised that to you, we just read this, this whole devotion has been about it. And this here is saying that God has already uh, made perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. What is that hope that lies before us? Spending eternity with him in heaven one day. Amen. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus has made the way. He's paved the way. He's laid out everything for us. He took on our sins upon himself. He, he did all the work. It's just for us to accept it and uh, grow closer to him and move forward each day that passes. Amen. All right, um, let me move this. We know what will happen. We know I will drink out of it. Um, it's good to see everybody this morning. So glad you're here. Good, good crowd, bunch of smiling faces. It's December, so I guess everybody's ready for Christmas, right? 
Everybody's got all the presents bought, wrapped under the tree. No, I don't either. Of course, Gabby's the one that buys all the presents and wraps 99.9% of them most of the time, which she does a much better job than me. I'd rather put, just put them in a bag. It don't matter. Anyway, hang on. I, I, I hear it. Give me a second. I'll just hang on. Cords wrapped up. Make sure. Let's do this. See if that's any better. Is that better? All right, Cody. Thank you. Uh, uh, I prayed this morning that none of this would happen. None of it. And I bind it. All right? All right. We're not going to allow any of this technological issues to, to affect what God has for us today. Amen? So if y'all need me to, I will. I'll go ahead and get started with this one. It says, I don't know. You buy new equipment. Go ahead and turn this on. Make sure I'm turning. You got me, Luke. There you go. All right, going into the camera. Make sure I'm turned up good so everybody out there can hear me. I'll, I'll have to swallow the mic and hold it like this. Preach like an evangelist. So anyway, we'll get it. We'll get it. That's why we got backups, right? Redundancy. Redundancy. I'll hide this mic so it ain't distracting nobody. Yeah, anyway, where was that? It's good to see everybody. Let's start over. Rewind that. Rewind it back, and we'll start over. Man, it's good to see everybody. So it's good to have Hunter and Chloe with us this morning. I haven't seen Hunter in a while. Yeah. Can I, do you mind if I share what you told me yesterday, Hunter? You sure? All right. So last week, about the time we started church, Hunter, and most a lot of you don't remember Hunter. He come here a few years ago when he was a teenager, just a little punk kid. And it's good to have Bo with us also. It is. It's good to have Bo and Elijah. But, but Hunter texted me last week about 10 o'clock and wanted to know what time the live stream started. So I told him, hey, it starts at 1030. And, of course, the sound wasn't working at 1030. Get on my sound guys a little bit. But... uh. And so, and people let me know, all y'all that watched on Facebook have let me know, and I do appreciate it, do appreciate it. But, so, he asked me yesterday, he texted me, he said, hey, what time does church start? I said, 10 o'clock. He said, okay. I said, you planning on coming? He said, yeah. He said, last week watching the service, I rededicated my life. And he said, I know I can't run anymore. And so, man, that's awesome. That is awesome. Just what we talked about last week, he leaves the 99 to come find the one to come back to him. And so heaven was rejoicing, still rejoicing, that you have made that commitment to have Jesus and show him and be Lord of your life like he needs to be. So that's just great. It's awesome. So, hey, I I said last week, look, we don't have a lot of people watching, but this one person that watched and God touched and moved on their lives. And I know there's going to be more and more and more. We keep doing and keep spreading the gospel out and keep taking it out beyond these walls. And as Arianna goes, you know, her prayer is, and our prayer with her, that her and Trevor meet people over there that are good godly people and that they can get established in a church. And then that's, what's, what's that doing? That's taking this gospel here and taking it out, right? Taking it out. So she can be one that goes into all the worlds and preach the gospels unto every man. So she can go over there and do that and be the light that she has grown up and she knows who she is in Christ Jesus. So she can do that. So, all right. Let's receive our offering. Amen? Yeah. Mm. Um, as we pray this morning, uh, Miss Jeannie told me that Wayne and Connie Cryer, Wayne had some cataract surgery um, th- this past week. He's still you know, dealing with that. Connie's been dealing with his congestion and crud for the past few weeks, and so she needs prayer. Um, we want to pray for... Miss Jeannie also, the pain that she's having in her hands. She's having surgery this month on a carpal tunnel, hoping to relieve some of that. So we want to believe with her that that, that pain in that hand is gone. And then um, her son, Jamie, she continues to ask prayer for him. He's back pain, sciatic nerve issues, stuff like that. So I've never dealt with back issues much, but if you have, you can, you can sympathize with them of what they're going through. <coughs> um and so there's several out this morning that's been out with sicknesses and stuff like that. So we want to remember all those dealing with flu, colds, whatever. And so as we pray this morning, you just lift these up in prayer. And uh, we just ask God's blessings on them and on this service and for you this morning to receive what God has for you today, okay? All right. So Heavenly Father, we come right now and we just love you and we praise you. We thank you for this time we've had together this morning. 
God, for your, your praises that we've got to sing and come forth and sing about Jesus because we know it's all about Jesus. What we do here is all about you, and we thank you for that. And we ask you that you um, touch and move through the rest of our service today, Father God. God, that you just give me the boldness to speak, and Father, give everyone ears to hear, hearts open to receive this morning, and, and have what you have, get what you have for them this morning. We thank you for it. And we bring these needs to you right now. We pray for Wayne and Connie Cryer that you touch them. You touch Wayne and that surgery that he gets over that cataract surgery quick. No problems, Father. You touch and heal Connie right now with this congestion and cough she's been dealing with. And we thank you, God, that you're touching and moving in their household right now. And we pray for Miss Jeannie Jacobs, God. She asked for prayer this morning to agree with her with this pain in her hand, this constant pain that's going on. We thank you, God, that you're healing hands on her. You're touching her right now as well as your son, Jamie, Father. That you're touching him in his back pain, God. We know that you are the great physician and you can heal, Father, and you're still in the business of healing. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. God, we bring our tithes and offerings to you right now as your word says. And we just give to you, Father, because you're worthy to be praised. You're worthy of all the glory and honor and praise that we can give. And God, we just thank you for it. You touch and bless in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, all right. If there's nothing, anything else? Anybody else got anything? Well, the children can go to Children's Church. All right. We're waiting on that. Amen. Well, all right. The the rest of us, we know that we've been talking about the past month. We've been talking about God, and but my God is. And we talked about the names of God, as J.J. mentioned this morning. And, and you know, how our God is. He's our Jehovah Jireh. You know, He's everything to us. He, he's there for us when we need Him. You know, we went through how God is faithful to us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He's, our, he's constant. He never lets us down. How our God is worthy to be praised. Hey, He deserves all glory and honor and praise. And everything we give Him, and everything that we do, and everything that we touch... We need to praise our Father and our God for what He's done for us. And then last week we talked about how our God rejoices over us. He rejoices over us. He, he's constantly rejoicing over us with singing and, and just rejoices that we're in, you know, we're, we are His. We're the sheep of His pasture and He's taking care of us. So, so I'm, we, we've talked about the Holy Spirit this year and the power of Him. We talked about God. And, you know, this month, you know, it's traditional what we preach on. The, the birth of Jesus, don't we? And, and sure, there's nothing wrong with that. And we're going to do that December 18th. I promise. We'll, we'll read over and, and preach about the birth of our Lord because that's where it started. Because we all realize that Jesus didn't start when he was born in a manger, right? Jesus is always was, always has been, and always will be just as God, just as the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, praying this past week what God would have me to say, what, what, he, what he wants you to have. And what's, what she wants you to hear. And, and so it just, this, just celebrate Jesus just kept coming over in my spirit. Celebrate Jesus. And it's not just this month. It is. It is this month. We look and we celebrate Jesus. Seem like more just like we do Thanksgiving during Thanksgiving or, or whatever we do at the time of that holiday. But we need to celebrate Jesus each and every day in our life. Because he's done so much for us. He saved us, right? He was the one that came and lived and died and, and rose again so we can have eternity in heaven. And, and so, as we, as we look at that, this, this verse has come over my spirit. And when I, you know, when I read it in, in the Passion Translation, I don't know if anybody's ever read the Passion Translation. It's just on the Bible app and you can read it. And we'll go back to 1 John Cole here, or John chapter 1 here in just a few minutes. But I want to read this in the passage translation just to give you a text of what we're going to talk about today. 
And we're going to break it down and we're going to go through it. But in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, or verse 4, excuse me, Philippians 4, 4. And this is in the uh, King James Version, the New King James Version. Cole, I've got another slide down below it that's in this passage translation you can put up. So you can read along. You can read along your Bible or up there. It reads it different, but I just love how it brings it out. It says, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow. Let gentle, let, and let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus so it's like I prayed earlier, and like we said, everything that we do here is about Jesus and because of Jesus and for Jesus. Everything, our life every day should reflect Jesus and what we do. Everything about us should reflect Jesus. Though it's hard to do, you know, we're out on job sites where we're, where we're at at work and people around us cussing and doing different things. We don't have to join in, do we? We can reflect Jesus out of our life so they can see something different. So they can know. You know, I thought everybody around had heard the story of Jonah and the whale. But I was talking to a coworker Friday at work, and I was, I've been joking with a guy at work. He's the new maintenance supervisor, and a lot of y'all know him. Uh, he's in one area of the plant. And I told him, and, and things that, at the plant seem like he's taking over. Equipment's going down all the time and different things. And I told him, I was like, you're Joan on the ship. You're not supposed to be here. And so I'm just joking with him about it. And I was telling that guy, and I said, you know the story of Joan and the well in the Bible? And he's like, no. And so it caught me off guard. I mean, this guy's grew up in the Bible Belt. You would think everybody at some point would have heard the story of Jonah and the whale. But he didn't know anything about it. So I had to explain it to a 38-year-old man about Jonah and the whale. And then it wasn't as good because he didn't see the point of the joke. But <laughs> So, you know, sure, it, did he accept Jesus in because I told him about Jonah and the whale? No, but he heard something about the Bible, didn't he? He heard something positive in his life that he had never heard before, and hopefully that'll spark interest. Hopefully that'll spark something to where I can, the door open again and I can talk to him about Jesus to make sure he's ever heard about Jesus because that's what we're supposed to do. And and so Jesus has always was, always has been, always will be. In John chapter 1, John breaks it down before he goes in to talk about himself and about how he was... Uh, or about John the Baptist. And and so, John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, or in the beginning was Jesus, right? We can, we can translate Word to Jesus, or Jesus Christ. Jesus has always been. And Jesus, or the Word, the promise, was with God, and the Word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him and apart him. From him was not anything that was created that has been created. Was, was not one thing that was, excuse me, it's a tongue twister. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life and, in, and, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and yet the darkness cannot, did not overcome it. So the darkness of this world, the darkness of Satan, the darkness of hell and everything around it could not overcome Jesus and his light. Jesus was prophesied, and we're going to talk about this more next week, how he was prophesied and talked about over and over and over again in the Old Testament. And everything from the in the Old Testament points toward Jesus and his coming. And then the New Testament talks about Jesus, and we read Jesus' accounts on this earth. And, and so everything that we do should be about Jesus. We should celebrate Jesus in our life in every area, no matter how hard it is, as J.J. talked about this morning. In every area of our life, we should celebrate Jesus through pain, through heartache, through disappointment, whatever we're facing. Whatever we're facing in our life, we should celebrate Jesus. Because we know as humans, the easiest thing to do when hard times come is not to look up. It's to look to something else. It's to look to something that can get our minds off of what we're dealing with. When, when, and in reality, the one, the thing that we're dealing with, if we give it to Jesus, then He will get our minds off those things. He will turn our minds and our attentions toward Him, and then the things of this world, as as we sing in the song, the old song of the church, the things of this world grow strangely dim. Right? You you can look and you put your finger. If I put my finger up here, all you have become blurry. Right? You become blurry because I'm focused on this. 
Everything else around is blurry. And so that's how Jesus wants to look at him. When we point at him and we take our eyes to him, and that's what we focus on, then the problems of this world, though they're real, and though they still happen, and though they're still present with us every day, they are not in focus in our life. And they become blur around us because Jesus is right in the midst of them. Just like what, what happened whenever the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was in the fiery furnace, right? They said, look, we see four men. And that one man's the son of God. Jesus wasn't even, he wasn't, he wasn't even born to this earth yet, but he said, there's a son of God standing in the midst of them in the fire. So they, they saw that and sure, the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they saw the flames around them. They saw the fire around them, but they saw Jesus and everything else went cold, didn't they? It didn't matter. They didn't get burned. They didn't smell like smoke. Nothing else happened to them because Jesus was in the midst and they knew he was. And, and they celebrated him and worshiped him because of who he is and, and what he was doing for them. And so when we get in our life and things go wrong and, and we have questions and worries and concerns and, you know, children leaving and different things like that, you know, we, those things have been relevant in my house this week. We found out, you know, last week that Ariane was going to leave this Saturday. So, all right, we had a few more days to prepare. We find out Thursday night she's leaving Wednesday morning. So that shortens everything. So then you start thinking, well, that's less time. And if you don't watch it, you'll, you'll look and you'll start questioning things. Well, why is this and why is that? And I know God has a plan and a purpose. And, and sure, you know, we've, 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 those things are easy for us to say. And it's human for us to say, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we've, we, and I said this a few weeks ago, you've got to stop living in the why. You cannot stay in the why. If we stay in the why, then we'll never get through and see what God has for us on the other side because we'll always be questioning why. Why me? Why did this happen to me? Why am I going through this? Why this, God? Why? 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 And that's all we say is why. Well, why? Then we start sounding like a three-year-old kid that just all they ask is why. Well, the, the sky's blue, but why? Why? But why? Quit asking, quit staying in the why and move on to what God has for you and get past the why. Because the why will just lead to whining and complaining, doesn't it? That's all it's going to lead to. And worry and, and discontentment and, and, and jealousy and rage and madness and all kinds of things in your life because you won't move past why you're going through this. Stop worrying about the why and, and start looking to the God that, can, that is walking with you through it every step of the way. You may not get the answer when you want it because we want it now, don't we? But you'll get the answer eventually. So let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to read again out of this uh, um, out of this translation we just did a while ago. We're talking about being joyful in every, every area of our life. And this says, be cheerful and joyous with joyous celebration in every season of our life. In every season. You know, we all go through seasons in our life. Just like, just like we're going through a season right now. In, 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 in the weather, we go through seasons, right? You know, we, we look and there's, there's winter, spring, summer, fall, winter again, right? Or however you want to say it, summer, spring, fall, winter. Wherever you want to start. You know, here in the South, we know that we can have summer, spring, winter, fall, like in the three-day span. Seems like a lot of times, right? We can have all the all the seasons right here, all of them. And you know, now we're in we're in the winter months. We're doing these things, and it's Christmas, and we know it's winter. And sure, I like sixty-degree nights, seventy to seventy-five during the day, low humidity. I think most everybody could agree with that, right? We like that kind of thing. I like this time of year from like. November 20th to to February 10th, I need it to be cold. Deer move better when it's cold, and so we need some cold days because they, it's, it's better to hunt than it is warmer weather. So I like that. And then I say every year, all right, after February 10th, I'm done with cold weather, even though we know we got cold weather to like April 30th, it seems like a lot of times. But, you know, we, we go through these seasons, and we won't, we get tired of, well, it's too hot. I'm, I'm so tired of the hot weather. When we, every one of us has got air conditioners that we get in in our car, in our home, in our work, most of us. And, and so we just don't like hot. Well, I hate the cold weather. 
it's too dry, it's too dusty, it's, I'm sneezing all the time, and we, we all go through this, we all say it, then it'll rain. It'll rain too much here in a little bit. We've been dry this whole summer, a whole fall, and we're going, we're going into some rainy season, and then next thing you know, it needs to quit raining. It's raining too much. And we're, we're, we're never happy. Never happy. As humans, we're never happy. We're never happy with what season we're in, but, and especially in the South, we talked about it. We know that in the South, we're going, we're going to have about two or three weeks of spring before it gets really hot. And then we'll have a two or three weeks of fall before it gets really cold. And then in the winter, it's up and down all the time. Like, what, yesterday it was 70, today it's 50, and I think I saw this week it's going to be 75 again toward the middle of the week. So you'll be going from short sleeves to long sleeves back to short sleeves. And we'll complain about it. That's why everybody's getting sick. That's why everybody's getting sick because the weather's going up and down. Everybody's getting sick. Well, I don't. I'm no doctor. I'm sure, I'm sure it has something to do with it. I don't know. But it's more complaining. We're never satisfied. We're never, we want more. And it's no different than the seasons in our life. We're never satisfied. We want to move through these seasons and just walk through day in and day out. And we never want to go through a bad season. It's like going through cold weather or hot weather when we don't want to be outside. We don't want to be in it. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to do none of that. And so we're in, we're in one of these seasons in our life that are dry and, and feels like that God's not nowhere around. We're just in a desert. And those, those are hurtful. Those don't feel good. You know, I don't know that God places us in those seasons, but my Bible says He never leaves me nor forsakes me. So me, I put myself in that season because I'm the one that walked away, because I quit reading and I quit praying, and I quit doing the things that I needed to do. So I put myself there. And guess who's going to take me out, God? Guess who's going to be with me whenever I go through it? Jesus walking right beside me and right with me, leading me through it to the next season when, when things are better and, and we're in His green pastures and, and we can see God and that's great and we want to stay there. That's that 70, 75 degree low humidity weather, right? We see Jesus there. We feel Him there. Nothing's wrong. Everything's working right. Kids are doing good. You and your spouse haven't had an argument in like three days so you think you're great. You know, everything's lining up. And, and, and everything's good until something else happens. Then it's just the worst. Then we're, then we're back, then we're back in the desert or in Antarctica freezing. And it's just, everything's bad. And then we forget Jesus again, don't we? Because we're not in his green pastures. Because we don't think we're in his green pastures. He's telling us, look, you're right there. Open your eyes. You're right here. Look at my word. Look, look what I've showed you. He said, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of your life. Good times, bad times, hard times, cold times, hot times, dry, wet, it doesn't matter. Be joyous. Be joyous. How are you going to be joyous? We look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, right? Looking unto Him. That's how we're joyous. Because of what we celebrate and we recognize on December 25th, even though we know that's not the day Jesus was born on December 25th of whatever... of. Back in Jerusalem, or back in Bethlehem. He wasn't born on that day, but that's when we celebrate it, don't we? But, we celebrate Him that day. We need to celebrate Him just like that each and every day of our life. Through whatever we're going through, be joyous in celebration in every season of your life. He says, let your joy overflow. And let gentleness be seen in every, in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. <laughs> this, this next verse. I think it's verse 6. Let me get over here to it. He says, don't be pulled away in different directions or worried about a thing. Worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Saturated. What, what happens in your... When you got a drag, all right, let's just take a piece of cloth. And you put it under water. You turn the water on. If it's just a regular tear cloth or I could, whatever shirt you're wearing, if it's not waterproof, water repellent, what happens? That water saturates that cloth, doesn't it? It saturates it. So that cloth is fully engulfed with water and wet and absorbed. There's no dry spot on the rag whatsoever on that cloth. None at all. It's everything is, is wet. And, and so when our life is saturated in prayer, and saturated with the power of God working through us, then, then where would we have an 
where, where would it be in our life that we could see anything else but God? Nothing should be there but Him. Nothing should. And so we should be saturated with prayer. And that prayer is not our grocery list item of prayer that we go to God with. That saturated in prayer is not like God do for me. Because we go to the grocery store, we get things that we want or need, right? And so we write down our grocery list. I need milk. I need eggs. I need bacon. I need this. It's the same thing when we go to God. I need this, God. I need this in my life. I need this in my life. I need this in my life. We don't, we don't take the time to praise and worship Him through our prayer and through our life, but we want all this stuff. And so, God, here's my list. I'm giving it to you. I need you to do for me now. And so none of that is saturating ourselves in prayer. Sure, we're praying to God, kind of. It turns into, we, we have to whine. I said it turns into whining. It's almost like whining to God. It's almost like complaining to God. God, I just don't understand why you're doing this. I'm praying to you right now, God. I'm praying that you turn this around. And we do pray that God turns this around. All right? There's a song out there right now called God, Turn It Around. Turn this situation around. And, and we pray for those things. We want God to turn it around, but yet we don't change at all. That cloth changed from dry to wet. There was a change happened in that cloth. When we pray to God and go to Him in prayer, because he, we know that before we ever go, He's our Father. Jesus is right there with us, living inside of us. There should be a change in our life. Just go to God and say, God, I am yours. And because I'm yours, I can come just like this next verse says, this next thing. It says, be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled request before God. Faith-filled request. Faith-filled request. So what is faith? The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So if I go to God with faith-filled request, I'm not seeing right now what I'm praying God for. I need it in my life. I need things to change. I need things to get better. I need me to have a change, though, before God, before I can see this. I need me to be walking in a different way and talking a different, different attitude and doing all these things different before I can see what God truly has for me in my life. Because if you stay on the same path, you're never going to get saturated in prayer. You're never getting saturated with the presence of God. And you can come in here every Sunday, every Wednesday, Monday through Saturday, whatever you do, you could come right in here, sit in your seat or stand there, and never feel the presence of God because you're not willing to move in your life. You're not willing to change. You're good with staying just the same because this is comfortable for a little bit. And I've said it before, if you're not living right, I hope that you're not comfortable today. If your life's not right with God, you do not need to be comfortable in here in church in the presence of God. Because I felt this present before everybody even got here this morning. 7.30 this morning I was here and I could sense the presence of God. And it's why? Because I expect Jesus to work and move in our lives. I pray for that every day. I pray for it every time we come in here that He works and moves and the Holy Spirit leads and guides and directs and moves in people's lives. So when they leave out of here, when they're watching whatever they're doing, they leave different than what they came in. If that's not your desire, then you need to get on your knees and pray to God that it be your desire that He saturates you with His will and His way in your life. That's what we need. We need more of that and less complaining, less griping, less living in the why and celebrating Jesus through our life to where we know that we're saturated with the presence of God and everything else around us. Because what happens? We take that rag and it's soaking wet and we wring it around. If we slung it around, everybody in here would feel something off of it, right? What happened to Paul? Was it Peter? Peter walking through and people were getting healed just by his shadow. By his shadow, right? The presence of God was so thick on Peter's life. That they were, they were getting healed by the shadow. You say, well, that, that don't make sense. We said it earlier. It doesn't matter what makes sense in our natural life. What makes sense to God and what God wants to do to you. When we get out of what makes sense to us, God can actually use us for His plan and His purpose. Not if we stay in our own sight. And if we, 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 we just go to God with this list instead of faith. Instead of believing and trusting Him in faith that, sure, my daughter is going to Japan for three years. But I know that one day she's going to come back. How do I know that? I got faith in God to believe that. I got faith in God to believe that my son in Germany is going to come back. And they're going to be back in our presence. And they're going to live and thrive and grow. And we're going to get to have that relationship with them as we so long to. 
That's faith. I don't see, I can't see three years down the road. And I'm not saying because of what I want, it's because of what I pray and believe each and every day. And it's no different. You praying and believing in your life for healing or, or whatever it is that's going on, financial stuff, whatever's going on in your life, when you pray and believe in faith-filled, faith-filled actions, faith-filled talk, not none of this, oh, I'm believing it today because it's Sunday and tomorrow you're like, well, I just don't know anymore. I just don't know. I just, then you get back. I just don't understand, God. Prayed for it yesterday in church. Everybody prayed. And, and it still ain't happened. You've lost your faith-filled, your faith-filled request before God. Your faith-filled talk. You're canceling those things out with your doubt and unbelief because if we're not saturated, absorbed, then it turns into, it turns into doubt. It turns into worry. Just like it says, just like it says earlier. I done got, got messed up in my notes right here. You have to give me a second. Got excited this morning. Sorry. I like doing this. I get a little ahead of myself. Y'all all right, ain't you? We're all talking about Jesus. Hey, if you know, if you can't get this today, we're celebrating Jesus. So just keep up with me as we go through these verses and these notes. And remember, just, I don't understand where he's going. Just go back. It's all about Jesus. All right, we're celebrating Jesus today. It's what I need to do in my life is celebrate him more. Faith filled. Faith filled. That's where we need to be. Paul, he, uh, he's a great example of somebody that has had went through a lot of stuff in his ministry. But he had enough discipline. He had enough discipline about him because he says, we've got to be disciplined to be to this point in our life as Paul was. We've got to be disciplined in our life to be content. How are we going to get there? How are we going to be disciplined in our life to be content just like Paul was, just like Jesus was? Because Jesus, in, in Hebrews, we read, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Y'all can turn there, read it on the screen. We all know this, this verse. Somebody just got a notification. Y'all can tell me. Y'all can say amen if Alabama got into the playoffs. <laughs> Nobody saw it. Nobody's looking. Somebody's looking, I know. If I don't hear amen, then I know TCU got in. We can go on and preach. Don't have to worry about it. We know George is in. Bo, he's good. Ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> so, I am joking. I was. I know it comes out at 11 o'clock every year, our time. I'm not saying that before I was up here, I might not have glanced at it while somebody else is up here preaching. I'm not saying that at all. Notifications come across your phone, and you just happen to look sometimes. For those that have smartphones. Yeah. There's a few in here that don't. <laughs> That's right. All right. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, Therefore also, since we're surrounded by such great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so so easily ensnare us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So verse 2 is where I want to get to. Looking unto who? Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. I got verse 2 on there, Cole. Oh, yeah, my bad. You're looking at who's... Yeah, okay. <laughs> Cole, not mine. Let me, let me preach on. This ain't got nothing. Bama football ain't got nothing to do with Jesus, I promise. Jesus does not care if Bama, Georgia, TCU, whoever gets into the playoffs. He could care less. He could come back today, and our focus needs to be on him, not on football. I enjoy it. I watched it. Sure hope they get in, but if they don't, Auburn ain't there either, so I ain't got to worry about it. All right. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for what? For the joy that was set before him. The joy, right? Jesus was joyful, and Jesus knew what his end would be. Jesus knew what he would be dealing with in his life through the whole time he was here. He knew what he would deal with, what he would have to go through, the pain, the agony, the disgrace, the people spitting on him, pulling his beard out, all those kind of things. He knew all the ridicule and the shame that people would try to put on him. And he knew that and still came for us, right? Still came for us that he could do that for us. And so for the joy that was set before him, that's how we can celebrate him through everything in our life. Because guess what? He's been through it. He said in Hebrews also chapter 4, it says we don't have a high priest. That He said he was, he's dealt with everything that we've, done, that we've dealt with, right? 
He was tempted at all points as we are yet without sin. So everything that we can go through, possibly think in our minds, you know, whatever it is in our life that we think that we can go through, Jesus has dealt with it. We say, well, Jesus never dealt with divorce. He never dealt with adultery. Don't, don't tell me that Jesus didn't think or have thoughts of things in his life as a man on this earth. Okay? Tempted, tempted. Tempted does not mean sin. He was tempted in all points, but he didn't step out on the other side and do it. That's where we need to be. We're all tempted. That don't mean we have to follow our temptations. People say, I just couldn't help it. I just couldn't help it. Yes, you could. You didn't want to help it. You didn't want to do anything about it. You wanted to do it. That's why you've done it. So the excuse, we just can't help it, is, is just an excuse. It's not, we, we can't help it through Jesus because he did. Looking unto Jesus, the author, he says, so, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the same shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus came, endured it all. We can celebrate him through our problems, through our pain, through our turmoils. Look to him because he's been through it all and he knows it, and yet come through the other side. Sure, he died, but he rose again, didn't he? You say, well, what if I'm going through kills me? Well, then guess what? If you're right with God, you're going to be in heaven with him. That's the ultimate goal, isn't it? That's where we want to be. That's where, that's where, you know, our end result should be that we want to be with Him, but yet while we're on this earth, we need to be so saturated with Him that everybody around us sees some, sees Jesus through us. And nothing else. They don't see all the other stuff, but they see Jesus and nothing else in our life. No wishy-washy attitude, no up and down Christians all the time to where people, you know, you know, we're good one day and down the next. So what's wrong with you? And then we, we, we go through all of our stuff. And then they look at us in the world and say, well, they're no different than me. What if, what if, how are they living and doing different than what I'm doing when, you know, the problems they're going through, they act, they react the same way I do. You gotta be different, right? Jesus was different. We're gonna celebrate Him this month. We're gonna celebrate Him today. Then we need to be different. Let me read on right here. Back over here to my notes. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. How many know that Philippians 4.13 is not about sports? You realize that? Okay. We're going to get to that in a second. We're going to read the full context of Philippians 4.13. Sure, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, okay? But it's more than just playing a game. It's our life. It's what Paul went through. So y'all read along in New King James. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Starting in verse 11 of chapter 4. Excuse me. He said, I'm not telling you this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. We don't know that, do we? I work on that in my life a lot. Being satisfied in every, everything, every situation that I'm in. I know what it means to lack. And I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. I like this. He says, for I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Trained in the secret of overcoming all things. What is that secret? That secret is our faith in Christ Jesus. That secret is standing firm on the promises of God no matter what, no matter how we feel, how we look, you know, what, what touches us, what doesn't, you know, what, what everything says, we know that we can be stand firm in the promises of God, overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. I find that strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Sounds a lot different. I can do all things through Christ. It strengthens me, doesn't it? The strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me. Infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Infuses me. What happens? People get infusions, don't they? For pain and different things in their life. They get that pain block in their back, and it overcomes that pain, doesn't it? It infuses us. It becomes part of us. It saturates us with its power and is, and is working inside of us that it just explodes out around us. And that's how we need to live and that's how we need to do every day in our life. His explosive power working through us because we are celebrating Him in our life each and every day. And people see that. So Paul, from his personal experience, knew this. Experienced this. He had that road to Damascus experience, didn't he? We've all kind of been there. We've all had our road to Damascus experience to where, not like Paul, to where Jesus was revealed to us right then and, and come down and a light shone around us. But we've all had that experience we, if you haven't, today's a day where you can and have that experience of your life where Jesus become Lord of your life. And that light opens up. That light comes in and, and, and works through you. And so Paul knew that. He understood that if Jesus, he understood at that point, 
of all the stuff that Paul had done, he was killing Christians, persecuting them left and right, and going to do more damage when he had on that road to Damascus. And Jesus stopped him and said, I need you for my purpose. And so Paul realized right then, in that split second, I'm sure that if Jesus can love somebody like me, and how much more can I do for him in his kingdom and his, in his power, through, with his power? How much more can I do good for the world than that when, when, what, when what he sees I've done and he can endure all these things? And there's no telling what in those days that Paul spent with his eyes closed and he was praying to God. It didn't say that he was in there whining and complaining, didn't it? He said he was in there in the spirit. And God was revealing things to him. God was revealing these things about how Paul would, you know, do all these things in his life. And, and so he knew that if Jesus could do that and, and persecuted the way he was, then Paul could do it also. That's why Paul could write about it. That's where Paul's faith-filled request was, that Jesus was Lord of his life and that Jesus was working through him. And that should be our request in our life, that Jesus is working and his power is working through us and is evident in our life each and every day. We've had enough time of being not bold about Jesus in our life, wherever we are. And you say, well, it's not easy. It's not. It's not easy. It's, it, it, it's as hard as we want it to be, okay? That's the way, that's what's put it down to that. It's hard as we want it to be. If we want it to be hard to go out and live the life that we're supposed to live, then it's going to be hard. And Satan's going to make sure that it's even harder for us to do. And then we're going to live in guilt and shame, but we don't have to. Because there's forgiveness for that. There's forgiveness for those things in our life that we need power to overcome. We need God's presence to saturate us. When you go out from here, you want to be saturated with God's presence in your life. There's no other way around it. You need to be saturated with that. And this is a great place to start. Great place. Saturated. Being saturated will get past the why in our life in every situation. We'll skip past the wine, just say, okay, God, all right, do with me. I know I'm called to your will and your purpose. You created me. We talked about that. God created us to worship him, right? He created us for his purpose and his pleasure, not us for, he didn't create us to, you know, so he could just, you know, just whatever over us. We're made it for him and his purpose and his pleasure. In the image of Jesus, we're created in those things. So we need to walk in those things each and every day. We can pray this faith-filled prayer instead of asking God why. We can change that around. It's, it's simple. We, just a simple, God, I don't understand why this is happening. Sure, that's, that's fine. We don't understand why things happen. And I can't see the end result. But listen, don't, don't go on asking why. Just say, God, I don't see the end result, but I'm going to trust in you no matter what. I'm going to rely on you through this whole thing, that you're going to strengthen me, you're going to bring me through it, and I'm not going to look to the left or to the right or to the or to the back and worry about anything around me, but I'm going to focus on you just like this, and everything else is blurred. And, and so you say, I, I, know, I don't know your timing, I don't know your plan, I don't know when it's going to come back, and I don't know when I'm going to see the end result, but I'm going to walk in faith, and I'm going to walk in your trust and your hope and your goodness each and every day. That's a faith-filled request to God. That's faith-filled request. And we stand on that each and every day in our life. And we keep standing. And we keep praying. And we keep believing. And we keep moving. And we keep walking. And we keep going and celebrating Jesus every day. And then people around us will see a difference in us. They'll see a difference in our life and the way we talk and the way we act and the way we react to things. The way we react. Because I know I still don't react good. I still don't. Because we see something we don't like, and we react wrong. We react, you know, husband and wife, we, you know, that, that happens too many times sometimes. Somebody says something, we react harsh. Because, you know, we don't want to be the ones that's hurt. We want to say the things. We want to be in control. We react different with our children, with different people around us, different situations. People see us and are watching. We'll see how they react to this. We can still pray. God's still moving. You know, with everything that goes on around us. And every season, seasons bring death. We've all dealt with death in our family, death of loved ones. But 
We've all dealt with life too, haven't we? We've all seen the miracle of a child being born and another life coming into this world. That's a miracle in itself of how a child can grow in a woman's womb and, and you know, come out as a human baby. Or, you know, I mean, it's just it's a miracle of God that these things happen. And we don't have to stay in those bad seasons. You're, if you're in a season to where you feel like you're in drought, won't, need, and you just can't seem to get past it, then more than likely, you got yourself there. And you don't want to get out of it. You want to stay in the season of complaining and griping instead of giving everything to God and letting Him work it out. Instead of worrying about when and why this and how this is going to happen, know that faithful request to God and I'm going to stand on. That's how you get through it. And that's how you get over it. And you walk on and you move on, even though that next step's not going to be easy. But we've got to take it. Because if we stay right here in our circle, that's where our words going to be. And we're not going to step out. We're going to come back. So we don't need to be there this morning. If you're there, it's just a prayer to God. Give everything to Him. Trusting in Him that He is going to take care of these things in your life. And, and you know that He is. Make it a point every day that you celebrate Jesus. That you have love and compassion before toward each other and everybody else all day. Not just because it's a Christmas season. Not just because it's those things. You know, people say, well, it's Christmas. We've got to be nice. Yeah, we do. We need, need to show Christ's love through this time of year, but we need to show Christ's love 365 days a year. Let that be relevant in your life, and number one. Don't leave today without knowing that Jesus is Lord of your life, without making that commitment as Hunter did, that he said, no, I'm on, I know that God's, He's my Lord, and I'm going to come back to Him because I can't run. i got to stop running. Stop running and let Him lead you. So y'all stand this morning. Say it every week if you're here this morning and Jesus is not Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. There's no need to wait. There's no need to to keep pushing back. If you feel that urge and that pulling and that tugging of the Holy Spirit, push aside all the things that says that I'm not good enough. I can't do that. I don't want to go down in front of people. I don't want to do these things. It's not about you. It's about Jesus, right? Push yourself aside and look to Him. If you need prayer for that, be happy to pray that you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Be happy to pray and that, that you rededicate your life, that you come back into that right standing with Him this morning. When, he, when that's open, if you need prayer for anything in your life, prayer for healing, whatever it is going on, y'all come and we'll pray. Amen. As the music plays this morning, y'all, y'all